What's going on, Callaway Sports fans? This is your boy, Kendall Callaway, back with another episode of the Callaway Sports Podcast. I got a good episode, bonus episode for y'all today, man. And um, we keen in on just a few things, uh, a preview of Game 5 of the NBA Finals tonight. Also, be keying in on the title fight between the Leo Santa Cruz and Javante Tang Davis going on October 31st. Also, Spence versus Garcia. Important update on that. So, October 9th is today's date, man. And I got another bonus episode for y'all. Also, drop another episode this weekend. So, be ready for more episodes coming. You know, more episodes coming. As long as I get get my Anchor app to cooperate, more episodes will be coming, man. I want to have a special shout-out to everybody who tuned in to the last podcast episode. And a lot of listeners on that one, so I really, really, really appreciate the support, man. I hope that y'all keep it going. As usual, we're going to let this instrumental run, man. Nice little throwback to 2008 for y'all, man. But after this, we go get right into the show, man. So, enjoy. Man, first things first, the update on the Earl Spence Danny Garcia unification bout, which was scheduled to take place in November, the end of November, with no venue. We just knew that it was going to take place in November. Now they have pushed the fight back to December 5th, and the fight will be taking place down here in Dallas, Texas at AT&T Stadium, Cowboys Stadium. So I'm very, very excited about that, man. Earl bringing us another, 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 another great show down here. In Dallas, so um, I'm not sure if they're doing fans or not, but if so, man, uh, get those tickets and uh, go out and support our hometown champion, Earl the Truth Spence Jr. Next on the list, man, uh, Leo Santa Cruz versus Javante Tank Davis. Keys to victory will be covered um, as well as my prediction for the fight, but. Just to key in on that fight, man, that's a very a very great and exciting fight. I commend Leo Santa Cruz for calling out Tank after his last fight. After receiving criticism, a lot of people felt like, you know, Leo wasn't fighting fighting anybody. He, you know, that he should have been fighting. A lot of people felt like, you know, he was just protecting himself and protecting his belt. A lot of people felt like he wasn't, you know, taking big risk. And I felt like he took the biggest risk of them all calling out Tank, and, you know, I think it's a great legacy fight. If he can get through Tank, um, it'll be a big, 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 big feather in his cap if he can beat Tank as well. So uh, I'm very excited for this fight. I've always wanted these two to, you know, get out there and get it on because, you know, styles make fights, and this is a stylistic, you know, stylistically, this is a fight that is guaranteed for fireworks with Tank, a knockout artist, uh, he's been exciting to watch since his pro debut. And if you know anything about Leo Santa Cruz, I mean, this kid is nonstop action. You know, he's a you know he's a real Mexican warrior. So this is a great fight, man. I'm very, very happy for this one. Um, but to get into the keys to victory, I'm going to start off with Leo Santa Cruz, who has an overall record of 37 victories, one defeat, and one draw with 19 knockouts. If I'm Leo Santa Cruz going to this fight with Tank, who's, you know, we know who Tank is. Tank is known for his 
punching ability, his ability to, you know, turn the lights out on pretty much everybody he has faced. You know, Tank resume speaks for itself. You know, his nickname is Tank for a reason. But if I'm Leo Santa Cruz, man, going to this fight, man, I'm going in with the mindset to fight long and fight tall. You are the bigger guy. You know, height-wise, you have the reach advantage. So fight long and fight tall, man. Use that jab. Use that reach to, you know, keep Tank on the end of your punches. Uh, it'll be very, very smart to do that. Because one thing's for sure, you really don't want to get touched too many times by Tank with the power that he carries. Excuse me. Next on the list, man, is what a lot of people are not really talking about is the experience that Leo brings into this fight, man. He's a four-time, you know, he's a four-division world champion. He's got tons and tons of rounds and experience under his belt. So um, if I'm Leo, whatever tricks and tactics that he has under his belt, you know, um, use those against Tank, man. He's got to he's gotta be the ring general. He's got to use his IQ, and that experience would be very, very key. If he can take uh, Tank into those deep rounds, I think he benefits Leo Santa Cruz, you know, being completely honest, I think it I think it benefits uh, Leo going into the later rounds. I don't know why I uh, switched between the pro, you know how to pronounce his name. I like Leo, Leo, same thing. But use his experience and avoid trading punches with Tank, man. Like I said, man, Tank has big power, so it's smart to avoid you know getting into big exchanges with Tank. Therefore, you know. You, you really can cut out the possibility of getting clipped by one of his big shots. Um, so yeah, avoid trade punches. I know that's kind of Leo's style, you know, to kind of get in there and mix it up and trade with guys, but not with this guy. Not with Tank. Tank hits too hard. He's too powerful. So um, I just wouldn't recommend trading punches um, with him. So. That's ne uh, next on the list was is keep a high output. Keep a high output. Uh, Leo is a guy who's thrown over a thousand punches in a fight before, and if he can do that again, knowing that you know Tank does show the tendency to you know slowing down in fights, I think it'll be very beneficial, very beneficial for Santa Cruz if he keeps that high pace, that high output that's forcing Tank to use a lot of energy. It'll be great for him to, you know, really start to drown Tank in those later rounds. That's where that experience will kick in it. So if I'm Leo, I'm coming out fighting long, fought, you know, fighting long, fighting tall, using my my range and the high output to, you know, really drag the fight out. The longer he can drag this fight out, the better it will be for him. So that, you know, those are my keys to victory for the fight from Leo's side against Tank. Now, on to my keys to victory for Javante Tank Davis, who has a boxing record of 23-0 and 0 with 22 knockouts. He's riding a 14-fight knockout streak. Only one man has gone the distance with Tank. His last, his last 14 fights, everybody has felt the power and could not overcome the power. So, if I'm Tank, first on the list, pace yourself. You got to pace yourself against this experienced fighter uh, who's very, very tough, man. So, pacing himself would be the first thing on my mind. Pacing myself, making sure that I can get through these 12 rounds comfortably, especially the guy with the output of Santa Cruz. Next is use boxing skills to set up the power punches. What's misunderstood with Tank 
is the fact that he's just this power punching, this brutal fighter. But in reality, man, if you really pay attention to Tank's game, you see the boxing skills. You see where, you know, Floyd has rubbed off on Javante. So use those boxing skills. Uh, use his defense, his slips, and things like that to set up the big punches on Leo because Leo has a tendency of, you know, having his hands high and, you know, trying to trade punches with people. But if he comes with that mindset with Tank, then, you know, it could be an early night uh, for Tank. You know, he can get in and get out. But if I'm Tank, you know, I'm getting out there. I'm using my jab. I'm using my feet. You know, set up that big left hand, that big, that big overhand left, that big uppercut. You know, don't, don't go in there and, you know, engage in a slug fist if you don't have to. You know, I feel like a slug fist wouldn't even benefit Tank. Uh, n- you know, neither would it, will it benefit Leo if he can't take that punch. But if I'm Tank, you know, just pace yourself. Use your boxing skills. You know. Use your footwork, you know, use your IQ and set up those power punches. That'd be the best thing for him, man. He set up those power punches. It can be a quick night. Uh, I liked his performance against Gamboa, but I wasn't very impressed because I feel like he could have got Gamboa out of there, you know, quicker. But um, you watch his fight, his first title fight with Jose Pedraza. He did slow down a little bit, but the way he, you know, he started out kind of hot, you know. He started out kind of hot and, and wasn't really pacing himself, but once he got his feet up under him, he started setting up those power shots. I mean, it was it, it was all Tank after that. And Pedraza had his moments as well. But as long as Tank is pacing himself, using his boxing skills, I, you know, I, I truly feel like it would be a good, you know, a good night for Tank. But also, last on the list for Tank is, you know, it's just to be first, man. Like I said, you know, use that jab and, you know, set set yourself up with those power punches to get inside. If Leo comes in, he's fighting tall, he's fighting long. Tank is going to have to find a way to get inside and land some good clean shots. You know, you really don't want anything to be grazing off of Leo cuz this is a guy, he can take a punch, he's tough, he's he he's experienced. Um and he's a champion, man. He's a champion. He has a champion mindset. He has a champion heart. So you really want to if you really want to hit him with a power punch, you know, make sure that it's flush and make sure that you know um you're getting in there, letting the good shot, and getting out, you know. Because Leo, like I said, man, that output that this guy puts on is like no other fighter in the sport. This is a guy who's thrown over a 1,000 punches in a round, man. So definitely got to have that in mind. And that's why it's so important that Tank is pacing himself in this fight. You know, it's very, very, very important. And I, um, I'm really hoping he paces himself the best way possible in this fight. But, you know, uh, if you really want to do your own studying for this fight, you got time. Like I said, it's Halloween night, October 31st. Uh, if you really want to do your own studying, go and watch Tank's first title fight with Jose Pedraza and watch uh, Leo Santa Cruz fight with Carl Frampton. Either one, one or two. You know, you kind of get an idea on how Leo may come, you know, come mindset-wise and as far as, you know, his work rate and possibly you know his style you can possibly see what style leo will bring to this fight by watching both fights with carl frampton as well as watching his fight with abner morris but if you want to you know look at things from tank's standpoint on how you know tank may come come into this fight watch this fight with jose pedraza taller ranger guy kind of got the same style of um leo probably not as skilled offensively but you know Pay attention to those, those fights between those two guys. And uh, anybody wants to discuss this with me, get with me. You know, 
Um, I post this podcast on Facebook. I post this podcast on Instagram. It's all over Spotify. You want to talk to me about this fight, what you think about this fight, let me know. But last on this, like I said, I was going to give my prediction for a fight. I'm taking Tank, you know. Uh, I think the power is just too much. And I really believe that Tank is going to show his boxing skills this fight. You know, I, I really think Tank is going to put on a great performance. One is going to put everybody on notice to let everybody know that, you know, the kid is for real. And he's a top guy. You know, he is. I truly believe he is. But I think this really opens up um, big fights for Tank on down the line. Lomachenko, uh, possibly, you know, I would love to see him and Shakur Stevenson get it in. Um but of course, people want to see him fight Ryan Garcia and Devin Haney. But at a, you know, honestly, I feel like this fight with Leo is bigger than the fight with Devin Haney. It's bigger than the fight with Ryan Garcia. Um, not big. It's not big enough. Uh, it, it, it's not bigger than the fight with Lomachenko. But it's right behind it. You know, it's right behind it. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm taking Tank. I'm gonna go Tank by knockout. I think he continues to keep his knockout streak going. I don't think Leo has felt power. That Tank is going to bring to the table. You know, Tank is, I mean, he's fierce, man. He's fierce. He's fierce. He's strong. And I just think Tank's power will translate well at 130. And I think uh, I think Tank gets it done within seven rounds. I really think Tank gets it done within seven rounds. I just don't think Leo is ready for the power that Tank brings to the table, man. So, um, I'm sticking to that prediction. I'm sticking to and I know Leo's tough. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if he does. But all in all, I'm taking Tank for the win. But my official prediction would be Tank in seven. Tank in seven. I think they may wave the white flag. I think his corner, his dad will wave the white flag to protect uh, his son and his father. Uh, that is my official prediction for this fight. So let me know y'all predictions um, in the comment section. Next on the list, man, we'll get, jump right into our NBA Finals pregame. Shout out to Juan Martinez for giving me this idea, man. NBA Finals pregame coming up next. OG NBA fans will, will remember this theme song right here, man. NBA on NBC, man. What an era. What a time. I really wish that the NBA would partner back up with NBC and, and bring back this iconic intro and theme for, uh, you know, great basketball games. Man, I loved it. You know, of course, I was very young at this time, but, you know, by the time I really was able to understand how it worked, the internet and things like that, and watching old, you know, highlights and footage of basketball games, this is a theme that I remember. I remember playing NBA Jam. And hearing this theme song, so this this theme song brings back so many memories, and um, it will stick with me forever. But on to important things, man. It's game five tonight. Game five is tonight, and um, the Lakers are up three one. They're up three one. Didn't expect the Lakers to go three one. You know, honestly, uh, my prediction was six. You know, I feel like my end. You know, it still could be six. But right now, I'm taking LeBron in a gentleman's sweep, just like the same way he has done the entire Western Conference where people has, have always said that LeBron comes to the West. He's not doing all that, that he's doing in the East. And he comes over here, he does the exact thing he was doing in the East. So, as I stated in my last podcast, man, put some respect on LeBron James' name. Uh, once again, to quote Kendrick Perkins, 
He's from Akron, Ohio, but he lives in the NBA Finals, and he's showing why he lives in the NBA Finals time and time again. Um, but to get into, you know, the keys and what I would really like both teams to do, if I'm Miami, man, uh, first off, expect Miami to fight like never before. You know, this is a real, you know, this is the real team of dogs, uh, not the Clippers. You know, the Clippers show us they were nothing but some puppies. Um, but this Miami Heat team, this is a team full of dogs who is, you know, and they're led by a dog and Jimmy Butler. But I just don't think what they have is enough to beat LeBron them tonight. Expect closeout LeBron, man. Expect LeBron to be at his best, really looking to, you know, finish finish the job. You know, one thing he's been saying, he's been basically quoting Kobe Bryant from the 2009 NBA Finals when he was up 2-0 against the Magic. You know, they were expecting Kobe to be smiling and happy. Kobe had a straight face. He let those reporters know, job is not finished. And LeBron has been saying that time and time again. The job is not finished. So, with that being said, man, uh, expect close out LeBron, as I stated, man. Expect close out LeBron. But if I'm Miami, man, uh, the Heat must play with confidence, man, and a lot of it. You know, the way Miami went through, that Eastern Conference, you know, sweeping teams and make things look easy against Giannis and the Bucks, you know, um, they played with confidence and it was it was it was set up and led by Jimmy Butler. You know, Jimmy Butler's gotta be that guy who sets the tone for Miami uh tonight. And when he does that, you know, guys like Tyler Hero will fall behind and follow him. Uh guys like Duncan Robinson, guys like Bam Alabayo, and they need those guys, um, to be great today. They 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 need those guys to be great. So the Heat must play with confidence. Also they must limit their turnovers. They have to limit their turnovers. They limit if they don't limit their turnovers, it, it, it's gonna be a bad night for them. If they don't limit those turnovers, we know LA likes to run. And that's one of my key things with LA. Um get out on the fast break and run. Because that's where they play their best, you know, their best brand of basketball is when they're getting points on the fast break. When LeBron's leading the way, uh, Rondo's leading the break. Perfect. Also, for Miami, what's been a downfall for them, man, they've been getting beat on the boards real, real heavy. So, if you're Miami, you got to crash the boards from jump. You know, you can't let AD and JaVale and Dwight and those guys get on the boards and and, and really dominate the glass. You got to get Bam out there. He's got to get some rebounds. Olenek and those guys got to get down there and bang in the paint. You know, L.A. has so many big, tall players who can rebound. Besides A.D., besides LeBron, besides besides um, Dwight and JaVale, they also have Markeith Morris. You know, he can rebound. LeBron can get out there. KCP and Denny Green can chip in a few rebounds and things like that. So Miami really has to get out there and dominate the boys if they want to win this game and stay alive and force game six. And from what I've been seeing, man, uh, I watched first take this morning and heard um, Mark Jackson give his take on, on on things. And one thing that I could agree with from what I've seen, since Jimmy had that triple-double, man, and even when he had that triple-double, he, he's passing up on, you know, some easy opportunities to score. So if I'm Jimmy Butler... You you know your mindset has to be scored. You must be a scorer first before you are, before you want to be a passer and a facilitator. You know you have to score first. You can't you can't give up you know those easy buckets and you know try to get everybody else involved. You have to get your own shots and then try to get it you know 
bring in those young guys, bring in your vets who can, you know, follow your lead. That's what a leader is. So if I'm Jimmy Butler, man, I got to think score first and go at, you know, AD, LeBron, or whoever it is that's guarding me. And for the Lakers, if I'm L.A., of course, as I stated before, the break, you know, off those misses, off those runs, you are the bigger, faster team. You know, get out on that fast break and, uh, you know, get some easy buckets and transition. Uh, Lakers role players must be big if they want to close out tonight. Their they're, they're, they're role players have to step up. And I'm not talking about Arajan Rondo. I'm not talking, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Rondo is excluded from this because Rondo shows up every game. You know LeBron and AD are going to do what they have to do. But it is guys like KCP. It's guys like Danny Green. It's guys like Kyle Kuzma who must step up and play, you know, good basketball um, for them to close out tonight and secure this championship for the Laker fan base, the Laker dynasty, and, you know, of course, for Kobe Bryant. You know, this is for Kobe, man. Y'all wearing these these Mamba jerseys, man, tonight, and they're undefeated in these Mamba jerseys. I guarantee you that this Heat team are hands down coming in to stop that streak. They're coming in to defeat that streak, so... Role players must have a big factor in tonight's game. Just like with Miami, Jimmy Butler can't be the only guy who's who's doing it all. Um, same thing for the Lakers. AD and Braun, they can't be the only ones that's doing it. They cannot, especially with this team. Um, they must outshoot these guys once again. They have to. They got to outshoot these guys. If, if, if they're not winning that three-point battle like they did in game one, which is very surprising, you know, the tide may be able to turn in Miami's favor, but if I'm L.A., I want to either outscore them and shoot a better percentage from three, or if not, you know what I'm saying, keep it even. Keep it even. But um, I will be tuning in. I hope, I hope everybody else is tuning in. I do believe that the Lakers will finish it off tonight in game five. LeBron James and the Lakers will complete another gentleman sweep. They will gentlemen, they, they gentlemen sweep the, pretty much the entire NBA Old Western Conference, Portland, Houston, uh, Denver, and now Miami. I'm calling it now. They would gentlemen sweep these guys. So by the end of tonight, mark my words, LeBron James will capture his fourth NBA title. Anthony Davis will capture his first NBA title. Roger Rondo will capture his second NBA title. So mark my words on that, man. I'm 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 guaranteeing, like Charles Barkley say, I'm guaranteeing. I am guaranteeing the Lakers win tonight. Next on the list, man, which is last on the list, as I posted on my Facebook, LeBron versus KD. Who's number one? It's coming up next. Stay tuned. So, um... Welcome back to the last segment, the last portion of the podcast, man. And uh, recently, a lot of people have been, you know, discussing, of course, LeBron and KD again. Uh, this has been a topic of discussion pretty much since uh, their NBA Finals matchup in 2012. And it makes perfect sense, man. It, it, it makes perfect sense that we're having this discussion and we will continue to have this discussion about who's number one, LeBron or KD. I'm be completely honest with you. Uh, 2012, I feel like it was, you know, it was a gap between LeBron and KD. There was a gap. 
2014, 2015, I could, I could clearly see, you know, KD was making that gap a little bit smaller. You know, I'm like, okay, it's clear to see LeBron is still that guy. Now we're in 2020. KD has won two NBA titles. Of course, his game has gotten better. And listening to Stephen A., Max Kellerman, and, you know, those guys, um, KP, Kendrick Perkins talked about on first take. You know, Stephen A. believe there is no, you know, it, it's, it, it's not a gap. Kendrick Perkins believe it's a big gap. So does Max Kellerman. But now y'all go hear Kendall Calloway's take on it. You go hear the leader and the number one guy, the main guy here at Callaway Sports, his take on it. There is there is no real big gap anymore between LeBron and Katie. And I remember Katie saying that, you know, at, at one point um, he, he felt like, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm in the same room as LeBron. I feel like we're eating at the same table. I agree with that. You know, KD has improved in his game. I mean, he's always been this great scorer. Um, winning, you know, two titles, of course, that makes that gap smaller, even with him joining Golden State. Um, and a lot of people feeling like, you know, that was a cheap way to go out. It still doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? The man won. He was finals MVP. He's made that gap smaller dating all the way back from, two, you know, to 2012. You got to give KD his, his props and his respect. I mean, KD, he, he, he's that guy. He is that guy. But, and it's a big but, I still believe that LeBron James is the best player in the NBA. To see what he's doing in year 17, still, and, and, and the fact that we're still talking about LeBron James in year 17. How many people, how many players were we talking about in year 17 playing at the, at pretty much still at the top of the game? Nobody can sit here and tell me that, well, Braun's slowing down. They tried that last year. They tried that. That's what they tried to do. They tried to say Braun was slowing down last year. And how did that turn out for him? He came back and, and, and really put the league on notice this year. So all that LeBron slowing down, we can stop that, man. We can stop that. But I just, I mean, truly, truly, I believe that, you know, Bron is still the best player in the NBA. You know, KD has made that gap smaller. But I still think it's some ways to go for him to, you know, pass LeBron. And and, and that goes the same for Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, you know, other guys in the league. I feel like it's still a gap right there. You know, where everybody was saying, well, you know, Kawhi is making it, you know, Kawhi is making it tough to, you know, say that LeBron's the best player. Giannis making it uh, tough saying that, you know, Braun's the best player. And the disrespect to Kevin Durant because he said that this season was beyond me. I'm like, hey, yeah, LeBron's still that guy. But these other two guys still got past Kevin Durant to be, you know, talked about in that conversation. That's how I felt. But to prove my point and why I truly believe that LeBron James is still the best player in the NBA, year 17, this is what this man is doing. Uh, he led the league in assists this year, first time in his career. We all, we all, we've always known LeBron is the, you know, a, a great pass. But he led the league in, in assists this year. Uh, nothing short of spectacular for what you know what he did with the Lakers this year. But both of these guys, I'm gonna go through LeBron's numbers and his accolades, and then you know KD's next. LeBron's been in the league for 17 years. He came to the league in 2003. KD's been in the league for 13 years, I believe. I believe KD came in in 2007. So, you know, not 
not too much of a you know big time difference. Uh, LeBron James' career numbers: LeBron's averaging twenty seven point one points per game. To go along with that, seven point four assists per game, three and a half turnovers per game, one point six steals per game, seven point four rebounds per game. Those are LeBron's career numbers: it's about seventy three uh, percent from the line. Probably, uh, I want to say about 45, 46 from the field. Um, LeBron's a three-time NBA champion, winning titles in 2012, to, you know, beating Kevin Durant's uh, Thunder, 2013, beating the Spurs, and 2016, beating that great Warriors team, coming back from 3-1 down. LeBron is a three-time Finals MVP. He's a four-time league MVP, 2008, 2009, uh, 2012, 2013. 13-time All-NBA first team, two-time All-NBA second team, all NBA third team once, five time all all defensive team. So that's just you know majority of LeBron's accolades. You know the biggest accolades. I ain't want to throw anything about you know the All Star game or anything like that in there. But we know LeBron has been to a lot of All Star games. I think it's sixteen. I believe he's a sixteen time All Star. Those are LeBron's accolades. Now let's get to KD's accolades. Durant is also averaging twenty seven points per game. For his career, 4.1 assists, 3.1 turnovers, 1.1 steals per game, 7.1 rebounds per game. KD is a two-time NBA champion, two-time Finals MVP, 2014 league MVP, six-time All-NBA first team, three-time All-NBA second team, and a four-time scoring champ. So KD has something over LeBron. LeBron has something over KD. If you didn't catch it, I'm going to let you know. LeBron James has been on the All-NBA defensive team. Five times. Kevin Durant has never been on a defensive team. But Kevin Durant has also been a four-time scoring champion, something that LeBron has never been. But with LeBron James, what makes LeBron so great is the fact that, once again, he's doing this in year 17. For a player who us as fans all over the world wanted, you know, we expected greatness from him from day one, 2003. I've said I said this in the last podcast. I'm gonna say it again, man. We we expected greatness from him from day one, and when he didn't deliver, the times he couldn't do that, we took shots at him harder than any other superstar that we have before. We didn't do this to Michael Jordan. We didn't do this to Kobe Bryant. We didn't do this to uh, any other great any other great player. We didn't do this to Kevin Durant. We allowed KD to become KD. But the fact that LeBron is still at the top of his game in year 17, the fact we're still talking about him, it's remarkable. I mean, and if we're being honest, man, LeBron should be, you know, a six-time league MVP. He got robbed in one this year, in my opinion. He got robbed uh, the year, his last year in Cleveland, where they gave it to James Harden, you know. But LeBron is still number one, you know. I, I, I truly believe that. If not, you know, we can go 1A LeBron, 1B Kevin Durant. That's how great these two guys are. And I feel like we're going to continue to talk about these guys, you know, um, within the next few years. But LeBron James has not slowed down. And if he was at the top of his game eight years ago when we first started debating LeBron versus KD and he still is now, I mean, what? I mean, how can you just take that away from him? A lot of people try to take that crown away from LeBron last year and it didn't work man i mean he's gonna prove it tonight why he's still the number one guy
That is LeBron James, man. You know, feel free to argue with me. Feel free to debate and tell me why you believe that KD or anybody else is, you know, better than him. But, you know, my opinion is going to stand that LeBron James is that guy. And, you know, seeing, seeing, well, really hearing Stephen A., talk and say that, you know, LeBron is playing in the soft, you know, softest league um, in basketball. We can all agree that, you know, the league is soft now. The, two, you know, the, the 2010s, the, the kind of end of the end years of the 2010s is soft. But before I started this podcast, man, I seen this on Instagram and I decided to write it down to let everybody know this. And everybody listen to this very, very clearly. One of the best defenders uh, during his time of playing basketball said this. LeBron is not playing in the softest era. I was in his era. And we all know I could have easily played in that 80s era. I know players that played in that era coming out of the 90s that didn't want any real smoke. All you commentators and players never called my era soft. These are words from Metal World Peace, a.k.a. Ron Artest. We know who Ron Artest is, one of the toughest defenders there is, one of the toughest players there is. And for him to come out and say this, I mean, it just proves the point. I I, I, I remember hearing Stephen A. saying, oh, well, LeBron's playing in the softest era in basketball. That's why we never put him over, you know, Michael Jordan's GOAT conversation, which is, I mean, to quote Stephen A.'s blasphemy, to even consider that, you know, to, to make it seem like LeBron isn't built to, you know, compete in that league is crazy. Everybody in the league plays to the way that the refs call the game now. If you know you can get away with flopping, if you know you can get, you know, um, a foul call off of, you know, somebody bumping you and you selling a call, then so be it. You know, that's how the game is played. That's how the game is played. You know, a lot of us don't like it. It is what it is, man. It is what it is. But with Ron Artest coming out and, and, and stating this and saying this, it just proves my point on the greatness of LeBron James. And and I just want everybody to, you know, take a half step back. If you are one of those guys who have criticized LeBron and have, you know, really just really given him the business on maybe his finals record or anything like that, I mean, really take a step back and look at this man's career. I, I truly feel like LeBron's going to be one of those players. We won't appreciate him until he's gone, until until he finally retires from basketball. We, you know what I'm saying? That's when we will say, man, LeBron was great. But it's somebody who's, you know what I'm saying, who's going to take over for LeBron once, you know what I'm saying, he calls it a career. It's Kevin Durant, man. It's Kevin Durant. So, these two guys, in my opinion, are the best players in basketball right now. It's LeBron James, it's Kevin Durant, and it's whoever else y'all want to put it after that. But, um, that is it. That is all for me. This has been another episode of the Callaway Sports Podcast. I want to thank y'all for tuning in once again. I ask that y'all stay lifted, stay blessed, continue to spread the news of this great podcast. My podcast is great and it's only going to get better. 
in Jesus' name. But thank y'all, man, for uh, for the support. Everybody who has reached out to me and 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 said these nice things about my podcast, I really do appreciate it. Uh, telling me, you know, what I'm saying, giving me advice or, or or giving me ideas on what to do. I appreciate y'all, man. I, you know, what I'm saying, I have a long list of names I could just go on and um, list, but y'all know who y'all are, and I really, really, really do appreciate it. Um, didn't get to say this on my last episode, but I'll say it on this episode. Once again, man, go out and support them black businesses, man. Go out and support them black businesses. Uh, like I said, man, my sister-in-law, Megan J's Wild Child Hair Growth Oil. You want your beard to grow, fellas, or if you want your hair to grow faster, you know what I'm saying, hit me up. I can get you in contact with them. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, it's my sister-in-law. Um, also for the ladies, you know what I'm saying. If y'all want to, you know what I'm saying. If y'all want y'all hair to grow more, you know what I'm saying. I'm I'm, I'm not trying to say y'all bald hair or nothing like that, but I mean it's hair oil. You know it can benefit you in ways that you can't even imagine. Uh, before I started using this oil, I barely had facial hair. You know I had a, a thin chin strap with a few, you know what I'm saying strands on my chin. Now I got a beard that's trying to come through. You know what I'm saying it's it's. It's a great product. Shout out to uh to my big bro Marcus Taylor. Floss that collection. Clothing line. Good, you know what I'm saying? It's a good product, man. Go out there and 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 buy these products, man. Uh shout out to my to my other big brother, Isaiah Johnson. Vay collection, you know, another clothing line. Get out there and support these black businesses, man. I'm pretty sure they're going to drop some old stuff because, you know what I'm saying, the season's changed. It's going to get cold. They're going to drop some hoodies and things like that, sweats, all this good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Hit me up. Uh, Kendall Calloway, the Kendall Calloway on IG. I am King Calloway on Twitter. If you want my Snapchat, let me know. I can get you in contact with everybody. But once again, man, I thank you all for tuning in.